now proudly presented on SNME. That's Sunday night's main event. Heavy traffic during 4-5. Got a hustle on the own time. Color people every port side. We just people from the north side. Want some teammates at the shore fine. Winter ready on the four ties. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy, George McKay here. Straight Talk Wrestling. Man, oh man, do I got a good one. You can see him on the screen, but I got an intro that only fits the man himself. You've seen him on AEW. You've seen him on MLW. You've seen him on New Japan on Team Filthy. He'll be joining the cast of Prime Videos On Call, playing the LBC East Barrios, El Monstro. He's coming to Netflix January 4th on the new show, The Brother's Son. And he is the reigning, defending UWN champion for 351 days and counting. The radioactive poppy, Danny Limelight Rivera. My dude, how are you? What's up, mi gente? What an introduction, man. That shit was like a list of shit. I was waiting for the laundry to clear. <laughs> How are you, man? How's the mini host? How's everything going on your end, bro? It feels good to be back. It absolutely is good to be back. It's an honor to have you back. The mini host is good. She's grade nine now, so she's got, you know, homework, more responsibilities, but she's killing uh, it. My daughter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're, so your you're little, little one is in high school now, too? She's nine, yeah. She'll be oh, you're ninth grade or nine years old? No, she's 14. Mine's 14, ninth oh. grade. Oh, I think she's nine now. Oh no, no, mine, mine is nine years old. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. You still got you still got a few years before you hit those teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before yeah. I gotta worry about that crazy teen stuff. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, listen, if any of uh, when she starts dating, whoever she brings home, all you gotta do is throw on your action reel. This is what yeah. happens if you mess with her in any way. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So I let's always talk. imagine stuff like that, like one of those movie scenes, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, I could see you totally reenacting Den of Thieves, 50 Cent. <laughs> That's a great, a great concept. Yes, absolutely. That one and Bad Boys 2, 150. Bad Boys 2, yep. One of the other. <laughs> so let's That's talk. Awesome. Let's talk all these craziness with the, the actor strike. We're going to get into wrestling in a bit, but let's talk the craziness of the actor strike. Everyone's on hold. Work is standing still. You found a way though not so much with the acting side of stuff, but to keep yourself busy, keep yourself in shape while you're waiting. But when you got the call that the actor strike had finally ended and agreement had been made, how excited for you to call your agent and be like, let's just work. Let's get back to work. Let's keep grinding. Man, it felt, first of all, I was on the, I was on the picket lines every week. You know, I was there showing faces, networking, meeting people, you know, seeing some of the people I grew up watching on TV, being out there and stuff like that. Um, it was, uh, it was a it was a really really good time because I you know I was meeting people like Vanessa Hudgens, Alexandra Shiv, you know, hanging out with the cast of Spartacus and Arrow, and just really seeing the business from outside of set, you know, seeing why people, you know, I was hanging out with Demi Moore, you know, and just talking to her and taking knowledge from her and asking her questions, you know, and just seeing what their lives were like and how. They were out there fighting for it. And some of these were, you know, A-list actors, you know, so they're out there. I should be out there, you know? So I, I try to show up every week. I was there multiple times a week, um, just just walking, you know, waiting for the strike to end. So when I finally got the call that it was over, I seen the news and stuff like that. Um, I was excited, you know? I didn't even have to call my agent. He texted me right away. He's like, it's time to go back to work. I was like, yes, please. Like, I'm ready, you know? But during the strike, you know, I was writing, I was, I was putting things together for my own projects and stuff like that that I like to do. I was in the gym grinding. I was, you know, in school still. So just, just really staying busy, staying productive while waiting for work to come back. 
Absolutely. Now, the last time you and I spoke, we were promoting Joe Rib, which is arguably one of my favorite short films that you have done. You've done a lot of great stuff, but Thank Joe you. Rib, Joe Rib just hits different, man. I love the story. I love the connection of it. And you got a lot of accolades from that. You got a lot of awards yeah. and a lot of recognition. What does it feel like? I mean, I probably asked this question when we did it, but it's nice to catch up. What does it feel like to get the recognition from all the work that you guys put in on that weekend shoot to make Joe Riv come from paper to life? Like that's, yeah. people don't understand that. When you put it on paper, it's just on paper. But when you see it come to life, it's a whole nother layer. Yeah, it, man, I, I actually rewatched Joe Riv about two weeks ago because um, I'm in the process of finishing up the full feature length script for for the film you know i had this whole concept in mind of what i wanted joe rip to be when i first started writing it and it is just when it comes to film there's never enough time there's never enough money um and so i had a really small budget for the short film and, you know it did great won six awards um i had a lot of fun making it and watching it come to life was awesome it proved to me that i can do this you know i'm a filmmaker there's filmmaking at all different levels and stages and um just just you know bouncing off of that success you know meeting my agent you know making connections building my reels getting my foot in the door having the accolades on my imdb page show that i'm an award-winning filmmaker award-winning actor um it was it was awesome you know like like it was something this is something i always wanted to do since i was a kid besides wrestling was being films you know being movies and stuff like that I, i've just always been so drawn to cinema so it, it was it was awesome, you know, and and now I'm in the process of, of finishing the full like version of the film, the script, um, and then obviously it'll, once I'm done with it, it'll go through like rewrites and like fit, you know, adding details here, it's figuring out what works and what doesn't after rereading it all. But I took what I learned from Joe Riv and applied it to all my work going forward. You know, and right now I'm in production shooting my new short film Montu, which stars myself, Miko Sad. Um, Marwan Naji, Ahmed Mawaz, you know, I have Michelle Jubilee on it. Um, I also have this very, very, very popular actor that people love and adore. Um, I'm not going to drop his name right this second because I'm waiting till I shoot the scene with him this month. Oh, December 15th. So next month, I guess. Once we shoot the scene um, and I have it locked in, then I will make the announcement of who it is that has joined the cast. Um, but he's loved and adored by everyone he has been in tons and tons of film, even Academy Award-winning films. Um, so definitely, definitely excited to announce that, that he's part of this. And it just, you know, I have Nick Herms directing, um, Ihan Tongdo is stunt coordinating. So it's it's a, it's a, it's an action comedy, um, more so heavy on the action side, but just just learning what I learned from Joe Rivet, applying it to this film and instead of shooting it all in one day, you know, have a bigger budget now, have, have more networks now, more connections now, been able to pull rabbits out of the hat it feels like for this film um and i'm really excited for it uh it, it's we're almost done you know we should we should be done uh we've been shooting you know part scenes here and there we started filming in the end of october um we just shot again beginning of this month we'll be shooting next sunday uh december 3rd the, the, this big part of the film that we'll shoot december 15th and then we'll wrap it on december 16th and so Hopefully, if all goes well, we'll be done with the film December 16th, go into post-production, get it all put together, and submit to festivals. I love that. I love that. Now, I mean, every filmmaker's got a dream. I, myself, as you know, I went to the Toronto Film School. I did my stuff a little bit here and there. But when it comes to festivals, everyone's got that dream festival they want to debut their film at. For me, yeah. it was always Cannes. 
I always yes. wanted to win cans. I always wanted to win the Palm d'Or. I know it was a pipe dream, but still, it, it would have been incredible to win it. But what's the festival that you're looking forward to the most if you get accepted or selected? Which is one festival you've got your eye on for, if not this project, a future project? Yeah, no, definitely cans. Um, Sundance, you know, the big ones, obviously, but there are a lot of a lot of smaller ones too around the US. Um, this film um has roots in Egypt, so we're gonna be looking at international stuff as well. Basically, the film is about an Egyptian archivist being threatened by a Nigerian black market dealer, and his only hope for survival rests in the unlikely alliance with the ex-Marine Special Forces. So um, we have culture in it, we have a very, very diverse cast, you know, we have guys from Egypt, guys from Korea, guys from uh, Africa. We have guys from Mexico. We have guys from the U.S. We just have people from a very, very diverse group of people from all over. We have Native American in it. So it was really awesome to be able to bring all these different people together into this story. Um, and it's just been so awesome to put my daughters in it. She's playing my daughter in the film. Um, she's been kicking ass. She actually has a movie uh, coming out February 9th called Skeletons in the Closet, starring Terrence Howard. Uh, right. Cuba Good Jr. So she, she has that film coming up soon. Um, so we've just been staying busy grinding. You know, we have all these dreams and stuff like that. Um, I'm actually uh, have other stuff that I'm working on, as you said earlier, you know, with the Netflix show drop in January, the, the Amazon show that I'll be filming soon. So juggling all that, juggling school, juggling my own film that I want to, you know, do things with and then juggling wrestling, you know, as well as being a dad on top of everything. So it's been a mess, you know, but it's been awesome. Listen, there ain't no rest for the wicked, man. You'll get, you'll catch up on all that sleep when you're called home. That's the way I look at it, man. But you yeah. keep grinding, you keep busy, you keep finding time for family. And I gotta say, the more I see your daughter blossom, I love dad-daughter relationships. It's the best, I don't care what anybody says, being a girl dad is the coolest thing in the world. But you know what I miss? You know what I do miss? I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna air, I'm gonna air it out right now. I miss, I miss playing Barbies, man. I miss the tea parties. <laughs> I miss that stuff. I, I never thought I would say that, but I miss it, dude. Yo, she's at the age where she don't want to do that no more, you know? <laughs> Sand, like it, and it flies by so quickly. Now it's like, Dad, can I go out with my friends? Dad, can I, you know, can I do this? Can I do that? Dad, I want to go audition here. It's like you're, you're trying so hard to, it, it, you want to tell them to chase their dreams, but you also want to tell them to slow down because before you know it, man, you're 30, you're 40, and life flies by. So while you're nine, while you're 14, while you're 12, whatever age, remember just to still be a kid when you got the time to, you know what I mean? hundred percent. I agree with that. And that's the, the the stuff that I'm juggling with my daughter too now is that she's, she's starting to act a little bit too grown. You know, she has all these things she wants to do and stuff like that. And her mom and I are at this point in life where we're trying to bring it down and still reminder you're only nine years old, you know? So, but she's already asking for, for G-Wagons for her birthday when she turned 16. She's already wanting to go visit this place and that place. And dad, I want this and I want to do that. And I don't want to go to after school care no more. I want to walk home with my friends. So it's, you know, it's the parenting stuff. Absolutely, it is the parenting stuff. Let's switch gears for a sec. Let's go into the rest yeah. of the stuff for a little bit, man. Uh, UWN, you're killing it over there. 351 days. You won that belt. Literally, we're almost... We're almost at a year because from what I did my research on, you won that belt last year, December 11th. Yes. So we, are, we are so close to that year mark. How does it feel? I just defended it last week in Wisconsin at Ironheart Pro against uh, Garrison Creed, who's a, a member of the United, United Wrestling Network roster. Um, hard fought match. Um, but I ended up walking out victorious with my hand raised high. And you said we're approaching on 
365 days, almost a year now, December 11th. And she's been crazy because I, I was looking back the other day, you know, the belt, I have the belt hanging in my, on my wall, you know, and, and, I, and I was looking back and man, defending against Eddie Kingston, you know, defending against Tom Lawler, Zicky Dice, Clark Connors, um, Invictus Cash, Jordan Clearwater, Garrison Creed, like just so many names, you know, so many people that are so talented, you know, just being able to defend it every month, month after month, you know, be a fighting champion, you know, looking forward, I got Bad Dude Tito coming up, you know, I got Slice Boogie who just, my tag partner just won the, the number one contendership tournament, so, you know, I got to watch out for that, and everybody wants to go, everybody wants to be the guy, and, and I, I've held this flag you know, for United Wrestling Network now almost 365 days, but I've been the flag bearer. I've been the face of the company. I just became champion now, you know, and they can't, they can't take that from me. Um, I've cemented myself as the longest reigning United Wrestling Network heavyweight champion of all time. Um, the first Latino United Wrestling Network world champion of all time. So I, I have all those accolades um, where, where when this reign, if it ever does come to an end, because I keep saying, you got to kill me to take this belt from me. Um, I, I, I beat Moose, you know, like, like, I'm just thinking of all these people that, that I've, that I've put down to stay champion, to, to states, to stay the man here. And it's, it's been challenging. It's been hard. It's been draining, but it's been worth it. You know, and it's, it's, it's constant reminder that I am who I say I am. Absolutely, dude. You're the radioactive poppy. One of the few things I, I saw from you the first time you and I uh, developed the friendship that we have is how electric you are, but how humble you are. And it, it shows that you're a, you're a fighting champion. Look at the names you mentioned. I mean, Eddie Kingston, Moose. You took the belt from Jordan Clearwater, arguably one of the best guys on the NEC doing it. And all comers have come. And now you've you continue to knock them all down. And I, can, I, I have no doubt that this reign is far from over. But let's be honest. You got Slice Boogie coming up. He's your tag partner. He's half of 51-50. You guys know each other so well. How do you prepare or how do you try to come up with something new to counteract when you got to stare your best friend in the face across the ring from you? Yeah, I just I was just driving with him to Mexico on Saturday. We had a show with AAA um, where we were victorious. It was sick. It was, you know, sold out show, a couple thousand people in that place. Um, but you're right. You know, we know each other very well. You know, I know him. He knows me. Even when he was injured, he was about at ringside watching me wrestle, you know, watching, watching what I do. And, you know, I, I, I feel like I switched my style up this last year and a half um, from what people were used to seeing me do on New Japan and AEW to, to how I've been wrestling from MLW and, and on, you know, with the United Wrestling Network. And, you know, he's, I feel like he's grown accustomed to that. And I think people forget that I'm still very innovative. I'm still very crazy in the ring. I can fly with the best of them. I can fight with the best of them. I can grapple with the best of them. Um, and I think that, you know, I know Slice Boogie very well. I'm sure there's things that he's working on that I haven't seen. Um, I'm sure there's things that he can do that I haven't seen, you know. And it's one of those things where we're going to have counter for counter. We're going to have each other well scouted. It's gonna be who takes that one that one shot, you know, like 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 my boy Chris Bay says, all I really need is one shot. Who's gonna take that one shot and and, and come out on top? And you know, I, I I hope that this doesn't end our friendship, this championship. I hope it doesn't end our brotherhood. I hope that the gold and the everything that comes with it isn't more important than what Slice Boogie and I have established and built for the last three and a half years, going on four years now almost. Um, there's only one way to find out, you know what I'm saying? Lace them up. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. Again, no short of confidence, but again, understanding who your opponents are. And that's the layers that is Danny Limelight. And I think slice, of of hungry. You know, slice, slice, 
Slice said it himself. You know, I won this belt. I've been getting flown out everywhere. You know, I've been I've been all over wrestling the best names. He wants that. And I ain't mad at him for wanting that. You know, I wish there was another way we can do it. You know, I wish it didn't have to come to this. You know, I wish there was another championship he could take. But he wants to be the guy. He's hungry. He's starving. You know, like Papo used to say, I'm starving. He's starving. You know, and, and I know what this championship could do for him. I know what he want, why he wants it. I'm just, you know, in his eyes, I'm the, the poor unfortunate soul that has it. And unfortunately for Slice Boogie, I'm the guy that has it. So it could go either way. Absolutely can go either way. I want to switch gears back to MLW for a minute because I loved your guys' run. I loved 5150. You know that. The Rewind, we spoke highly of everything you guys were doing, from the promos you were cutting to Julius Smoke and the hype man. You had Hernandez there for a minute. I mean, you had Conan bringing you in. 5150 was great, and then Slice got injured, and then, you know, you guys were free agent. I know you've mentioned on a few podcasts that the door has never been closed for AEW. There's a chance you could go back there one day. But what is the status with MLW? Is that door closed or is there an opportunity that we could see? I, I, was, just, I was just there in March. I, I wrestled Hammerstone for the MLW world title in Mexico. Um, they pulled me in for a one-off appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the door's situation is like. I feel like nowadays every door is open and we got people returning to companies, people being traded to companies, switching companies, jumping ship, running ship. I, you know, like wrestling is all over the place. So um, never say never, you know, I mean, I've reached out to certain companies. There are certain companies that have my interest, certain places that I want to go wrestle, um, things that I want to do, whether it's a singles or a tag, you know, I, I'm always, I'm always looking for opportunities. I have fun at MLW. You know, one thing that I always praise MLW for was they were the first com- company that gave me a live mic in front of the crowd and kind of let me do what I do. And that's where the mic on safety off came from. Um, I just felt like, in a way, they kind of fumbled it with me and Slice. I felt like there was so much more that could have been done. And even after Slice got injured, you know, I'm naturally a singles wrestler anyway. I felt like they could have did so much more with me there that they didn't want to do. Um, So that's neither here or there. You know, I, I had a good time there. They helped me develop more who Danny Limelight is. Um, Even if they wanted to call me Rivera or Danny Rivera, you know, they, they helped me develop the character work, you know. Um, and I had a great one with, with Slice. You know, we got to go on to become the MLW World Tag Team Champions. We went on to become IWA Puerto Rico World Tag Team Champions simultaneously, you know, so thankful for that. Um, and, you know, I never say no to opportunities, you know, especially if the dollar's right, so. Uh, and again, I, I love that. Now, uh, this is one thing that I find super interesting is that I think, and I think you and I are in the same wavelength, the wrestling world does not deserve filthy Tom Lawler. You've said it numerous times. You have. You are Team 50, you, you, Filthy. You are Team Filthy OG. Yeah. But what is it about the wrestling world that you don't think that they deserve Tom Lawler? Because he is so gifted in so many layers, but I still feel like he's underappreciated, man. Yeah, I just feel like Tom is one of the guys that he's fucking awesome in the ring. He's a legit fighter. You know, he's a prize fighter. He's a championship fighter. Um but, like, when you take him outside the ring, he's still one of the best human beings I've ever met in this business. Um, I feel like one of the problems that I've had with wrestling is is finding my people, mi gente. You know, people that I'm in the locker room with that I still consider, okay, this person I'd have a beer with. I'd go get drinks or food with this person. I could hang out with this person outside of work. Um, and I felt like my relationship with Tom, you know, I look at him as a big brother. You know, I respect him as a man. I respect him as a father. I respect him as a wrestler. I respect him as a fighter. Um, and, and I can't say that about a lot of people, you know, 
Um, I think people don't deserve, deserve Tom Lawler in the wrestling world because I feel like he's not getting the opportunities he deserves. He should be on TV every week. He's a he, he understands wrestling. He knows wrestling. He loves wrestling. And he's legit. And why why is he not at AEW or TNA or, you know, getting bigger opportunities in Japan or, you know, anywhere, WWE, you know, like why? You know what 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 is it? I don't know. You know, I wish I wish he it happened soon for him though. I absolutely do too. I, I feel the same way about you, man. I feel like you you know. Oh, yeah, don't get me don't get me started on that because I'm, I'm a TV wrestler. I'm a professional wrestler, sports entertainer. That's me. You know, I understand TV, and and I don't know why. You know, but hopefully, hopefully, I wouldn't be waiting that much longer. You know, I feel like I, I've matured a lot outside the ring. I feel like that was kind of holding me back a bit. All the partying and drinking and chilling with all these females and shit like that that I was doing in that 2020 to 2022 run that I was having. Um, but I was enjoying, I was enjoying it. You know, I was making money I never made before in my life. I was getting to see places I've never seen before in my life, you know, just the traveling part of it. And I was enjoying myself, you know. Um, they looked at it as, people looked at it as immaturity or as this, or I'm in wrestling for the wrong reasons. And however they perceived it as a number, people forget that I have kids, you know. People forget that I'm also a father. People forget that, you know, I was in the military for 10 years active, not a reservist, you know, like people forget all that shit about me and, and how that shit has changed my life. You know, my life story is crazy. Um, and when I write my book, when I'm done with my book and it's, it's people going to know who I really am, you know, from street lights to limelight. That's I can't wait for that book, dude. That book's going to sell like fire. You know, you, right here, your boy, buy. Uh, you tell me when it's on sale, I'll buy it. I'll buy two copies. As long as you sign both of them, I'll buy two copies. That's all I have. <laughs> I <guess. laughs> so, so everybody talks about writing their memoirs, but I do feel like your story has so many layers that, like you said, people forget. And it's it's hard to consistently have to be reminding people, hey, this is who I am. You're only seeing one layer. You're only seeing one side of me, one perception. You're making perceptions based off of that one perception that you've seen. But if you take the time down to sit down and have a conversation with Danny, but, not Danny Limelight, but Danny. I, I, I feel like... I don't go around throwing that shit in people's face though. Like you're not gonna hear me say, "Man, I was in the military ten years." You know, like that's not who I am. Like mm -hmm. I did this. I went to this deployment. I did that. I did this. I made 350 Marines when I was a drill instructor. Like that's not shit that I throw in people's face. I don't need to sit here and tell people I'm a father to a little girl and a little boy, two different moms, juggling that shit. You know, I don't. I don't gotta sit and tell people that that. On top of the wrestling, I'm a full-time student. On top of that, I'm an actor. I'm auditioning. I'm writing. I'm an award-winning filmmaker. You know, I have I'm I've been married, I've been divorced, I've been, you know what I'm saying, I've been depressed, I've been through all this shit, man. Like there's so much shit that people just look at the surface level, and I'm much deeper than that. It's like that meme you see with the Titanic and the iceberg, what they saw, but what's underneath it. People only people look at who Danny Limelight is in the ring and think they know who I am. They don't know shit about me. You know, there's very few people that actually know me. You know, Chris Bay is one of them. Slice Boogie's one of them. Papo Esco's one of them. You know, Tom Lawler's one of them. They, 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 that's pretty much about it. Besides, oh, Jordan Cruz. You know, like there ain't too many people that really know me in wrestling that can say, oh yeah, I know, I know who he is. You don't. You know what you see. You know how I show up to a building. How how I talk. How I talk in my promos. What I do in the ring and when I walk out and what you see on Instagram. That's all you know. Absolutely. I want to talk about mental health for a second because mental health is a stigma. You've you've been through it. I've been through it. Uh, yeah. I uh, I've I fought my my darkest battle two years ago, and the lights were the lights were off. Danny, I'll be honest with you. I don't think you and I would have been having a conversation if you if you knew me two years ago. It was a rough go, 
but I persevered through the love of my wife and my and my children and my dog who annoys the crap out of me, but I still love her. Um, my dog but, is the crap out of me right now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but mental health is, is still such a stigma. As much as we want to recognize that men can talk about it and it's okay and it doesn't make us less of a person because we went through these struggles, people should realize that it makes us stronger because we've seen the darkest depths of shit and we climbed out of it. Do you feel the same way I feel about that? Yeah, you are more. I'm wearing it right here. This is a shirt for for that right there. Mental health, all that stuff. You are more. You 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 know who you are is worth worth a lot more than what people may perceive you to be worth. You know, like the mental health is serious. You know, whether it was dealing with the military, you know, dealing with a divorce, dealing with not seeing my daughter every day, finding out I have a son, not being able to see my son every day, trying to build a relationship with my son, the wrestling, you know, me leaving AEW, how that shit went down. Um, you know, just just everything. You know, the 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 engagement that I had with the, with my fiance that went south that led me to the fucking bottom of everything. You know, it it's crazy what we as men or even humans in general, because I don't want to genderize it, but we are told as men, don't cry, don't show weakness, don't do this. Especially in the military, that was one of the biggest things that they pre like, don't show weakness. You know, pain is weakness leaving the body. Like like shit like that is what they instilled in us. And and for me, like. When you get to that point and you really feel mentally broken, mentally defeated, that shit, that shit will really check who you are. You know, like rock bottom teaches you lessons, mountaintops never will. And I feel like if you could get past that shadow, that I was there. I was there to the point where I didn't want to be here. Uh, but I remember I had a little girl and I had shit that I had to do. I had to pick myself up, put myself back together. And it took time. You know, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. No dollar amount is going to fix that feeling. You know, um, it's just... It's some self-work, you know, I've been, I go to therapy, you know, uh, I'm in therapy once a week. I've been dealing with some shit that happened to me with the VA um, that I can't speak on, but I, I'm working through that, you know, like you get all these challenges, all these, all these obstacles thrown your way and it just shows you how resilient you are. You know, one of my favorite quotes was said by Sylvester Stallone and Rocky Balboa, you know, he's like, doesn't matter how hard you hit, what matters is how hard you could get hit and keep moving forward, you know, how much you could take and keep moving forward, keep moving forward. That's how winning's done. So if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits. And not saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You better than that. That's 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 a, that's a quote that I heard from Rocky, you know, Sylvester Stallone. It's one of my dream people to work with. Um, but I heard I heard that quote and that shit, that shit carries me through life. I absolutely agree with you, man. Every time I see that meme or I see that video, I still reshare it. I can reshare it 50,000 times and it always hits different on a different day because what what you feel at that day that quote could represent something completely different than it would have yesterday and that's what makes exactly. exactly that's what makes those things incredible let's switch gears though in a little bit more of an uptick on things for sure let's switch let's keep switching gears now listen i got to say that out of everyone that you faced and everyone that you've rocked down and every match that you have i mean i will say arguably that i think your toughest challenge during this UWN title ring. Your toughest challenge is yet to come in Slice Bookie. But I will say one of my favorite matches is you and Eddie Kingston because you guys tore it down, built it back up, tore it down, built it back up, and then tore it down one more time and left the ring in fire. But what would you say is your best title defense during this reign? I mean, you faced a lot of amazing people, but what would you say is the one individual that when you were when the match was done, you were like, that fucking that stays with me. I wake up in the morning and my shoulder cracks and I remember where that shoulder crack came from. Yeah. Fucking Tom Lawler. 
<laughs> I love them. But I, when I we wrestled, we had like, man, it had to be like 26 minutes, maybe close to 30 minutes. And in the first minute, he kicked me in my leg. And I felt that kick for like four days. Like he, he kicked me in the I, I texted it. Matter of fact, I might not have the text messages on this phone because I got a new phone. Um fuck. But I I end up texting him and I'm like, bro, can you teach me how to kick like that? Like that was my text. I'm like, because like, that kick you gave me, I'm still feeling. And he just laughed it off, you know? And like it was a hard fight. It was a physical fight. I took a ass whooping in that match. Um, and then I tapped him out. Or he didn't tap, he passed out. You know, I choked, I choked out Tom Lawler. You know, uh for me, that match was is one of my favorite ones from this from this reign because it was hard hitting, it was brutal, it was great, the crowd was into it. Um, and it was against one of my best friends in the business. So I, I really, really enjoyed that match a lot, you know. Um, but you bring up Slice Boogie, you know, and I, I don't know when that match is coming. It could be coming as soon as next year, a little bit more down the line. Um, but yeah, you know, he's someone who's in the best shape he's ever been in coming back of a, of a career ending injury. Um, he's hungry. He has nothing to lose and everything to gain. So I, I am looking forward to the match and I am worried about the fact that, okay, this is, this is a guy that knows me inside and outside the ring. He knows me as Danny Limelight. He knows me as Daniel Rivera. He knows me as Daniel Rivera. You know, he shit, he's in my new film, Montu, you know, and he knows me as that as well. You know, like he knows all aspects of me, you know. Um, so it is going to be crazy when it goes down. I uh, don't know when it's happening. Um, but as soon as the flyer is dropped, we got some 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 mental preparation to do. Absolutely. And when the flyers dropped, I, I will be looking for that match online as quickly as humanly possible to make sure <laughs> that I watch. And I will stay off of both of your because, as you know, I follow both of you and Slice. I will delete both of your accounts so I don't see any spoilers. And then after I watch the match, I will refollow because then at that <laughs> point there will be no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, man. We got, you know, and Papo's kind of thrown into the mix of all this. You know, he's just kind of the middleman trying to figure out what the fuck's going to happen with the bodega. So. We will see. Absolutely. And you know what? Time always does reveal so many layers of what a storyline could build. And that's what I love about UWN is I feel like they've built these amazing robberies and storylines and they're focusing on the friendship aspect of the bodega and they're doing all these right things. I feel like everything is just clicking. You know when everything's clicking all at one time and then, man, it feels like you're running at, you're running at 8,000 RPMs. That's what yeah. this all feels like. This feels like this is a roller coaster ride I don't want to get off of, except instead of Vin Diesel being behind the car, it's you and Slice Boogie, but you're also fist fighting in the car as you're flying over a fucking ravine. It's like Thelma and Louise meets Fast and Furious, meets every possible expendables stunt that could possibly happen. And then at the uh, end, all I can see is you and Slice passed out on a beach somewhere smoking cigars because you're both beaten to shit. Like that's the what. That's, that's probably how it's going to have to go. <laughs> it, it's going to have to be that. It's going to have to be something like that. I mean, he got to kill me, though. Yeah. We he got to kill me. Yeah, we know like, this. I, you know, I've been in there with the best of the best. You know, I, I've wrestled wrestlers that are considered the best of all time, you know. 
whether you're looking at me in the ring with Kenny Omega, Ray Phoenix's, Kenosha Takeshita's, the John Moxley's, you know, to to everywhere far and in between that. You know, you could even say that I've I've been places Slice hasn't been. You know, I have a different sense of the game. You know, it's kind of like, you know, one of the, one of those things where someone really really wants something and don't know what it took to get to that point, but they just want it really bad because they know it's going to take them to that next level, and they need it. And then here I am sitting on top of the throne, you know, not wanting to get complacent, not wanting to just bend the knee. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to kill me. You know, like, if you're going to take this from me, you're taking money from my daughter's mouth. You're taking money from my family, my son, everybody. Like, I can't just give that up just because you're my brother, just because you're my boy. You know, fuck, I got a family I don't even talk to. So it's one of those things where I know how bad Slice wants it. I just don't think he's ready to get into the ring with me with that on the line. You know, I, I don't think he understands what what it's going to take to beat me. I'm at the top of my game. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. I'm having the best matches of my career. And and I don't plan on stopping right now just because I'm looking in the in the face of one of my boys. Shit, boys. He, was, he was just out. Shit, I was with him Saturday going to Mexico. And two days before that, he was at my crib drinking a shot of Henny VSOP for his birthday. You know, celebrating his birthday. Took him out to eat, fed him, bought him some liquor. You know what I'm saying? Toasted to his life, toasted to his blessings. But that, that shit ain't going to come at my expense, you know? So we're going to see. We absolutely will. And everyone, if you're watching this interview right now, if that right there, that on-the-fly promo doesn't get you hyped up for whenever this match may come, then everyone in this everyone in this world is sleeping. Okay, everyone is off. They be sleeping on me. I hope they die in their sleep. Absolutely. I listen. I've I've never slept on Danny Limelight. I've been in the limelight since day one. Not his limelight, but I've been in like the after limelight, like the the far off to the left corner limelight. But I, okay. dude, I appreciate you, man, because you hit me up and you were like, "Let's run it back. Let's do it again." Yeah, of course. I don't forget, I don't forget I just, the real. Yeah, man, and I appreciate that. When when real recognize real, and you calling me one of the real ones that's humbleness to the nine yards and i appreciate you and we are we are definitely me familiar me gente that's right and listen because of you i know how to spell me gente properly because before i spelled there you it go. and you know how to say it right so yeah, that's, that's right awesome. that's right hey my span my spanish is getting pretty good danny you got to give me credit bro you got to give me credit <laughs> i give you credit i give it to you. i give it to you all right before we go one final question and then i'll let you go enjoy the rest of your evening when gotcha. you look at your films and everything. I want to switch gears again to movies. See, I love this. We're going back and forth. It's beautiful. You look at all your projects. Have you ever thought about writing something from the perspective of not so much your life or your situations in life, but have you ever thought about writing a perspective from your wrestling side of things? Like something where you can tell that radioactive poppy story without getting into the interpersonal yeah, life? I have a concept for that. Um, I'm I, I'm kind of waiting for the book first. Um, I don't really know when my wrestling career is going to end, where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where I want to wait till all said and done before I I, I do that. Um, but like I said, from Streetlight Salam Light is going to be my book, my my autobiography about my life, um, multiple layers. You know, growing up in Brooklyn, joining the military, becoming a dad very young, starting wrestling. You know, the acting. The, just juggling all this shit um 
And, and, and that would eventually, my, my goal is to eventually turn that into a biopic, you know, to take that and to tell my life story. Um, but it, it's crazy you bring it, you know, I'm looking now like January 4th is a month and a, less than a month and a half away. You know, I'm going to be on screen with Michelle Yu, Academy Award winner for on Netflix, you know, next week, December 6th, I'm on set for Amazon shooting this, 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 this TV show that I'm part of now. Um, you know, and while still finishing up my current project, you know, looking at everything, it's it's kind of like uh, you ever been into like one of those like you dream and you've just seen everything like flash by and you're like, oh, I remember this, I remember oh, this, 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 that, there's this, there's that, like all this shit coming at me, everything that I've done, every seed I've planted, you know, growing and blossoming. Maybe some felt leaves are falling off, or some some flowers are dying, but I'm just planting seeds and planting seeds and planting seeds. You know, this one grows beautifully, this one may not grow, but the point is that I'm juggling all of it, I'm doing all of it to set my legacy up so that when it does come to the time where all said and done, I could look back and say, at least I fucking did it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's the best way to end this before you go though. I need one more favor from you. I need you to give me that Danny limelight energy and tell everyone if they're sleeping on straight talk, they must be stupid and they have to subscribe. You already know who it is. It's the radioactive poppy, Danny Limelight, the longest reigning United Wrestling Network world champ. You see me on AEW, MLW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AAA. I'm all over the world. I'm on your TV screens from TV shows to movies to everything in between. And if you sleeping on Straight Talk Wrestling Podcast, get your shit together. Subscribe, like, and all that. That's that's fire. I, I could never <laughs> do that better than anybody else. You kill it every single time. <laughs> Mi gente, mi familia, I appreciate you and respect to everything that you're doing. Keep the hustle up. And you know what? We're going to try to make this a yearly thing. If your schedule's not too crazy, you know, always welcome back. Let's do it. Have a good time. Have a good Christmas. Happy holidays. All that, man. Much love. Send my love to the mini hosts. I will. Peace, love, and wrestling, guys. That's it for this one. Peace. Thank you so much for watching. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and turn on that notification bell so you get notified each time we post a video. Alternatively, you can check us out on all podcast platforms and host it on Podbean. We are also available on the SNME Network. That's the Sunday Night's Main Event Patreon. Please feel free to check us out there as well. And don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at underscore Straight Talk on Twitter, at Straight Talk Wrestling on Instagram, Straight Talk Wrestling on Facebook, Straight Talk Wrestling on TikTok, and of course, you can check out all our merch at ProWrestlingTees.com. I don't need a nigga.